0: color of leadership A seat at the table join dr anthony rice and his more than 20 years of education let's talk now this is the color of leadership
1: um on the last episode we kind of we kind of uh, talked uh, around the um the barriers and, and some of the um this discrepancies of leadership in terms of, for people of color. But this time we're going to talk about, we're gonna go back into the history of, um, of, of just of leadership in general. And so, um, you know, researchers have always, um, in terms of researchers have always uh, has shown, and we'll go back to the Brown decision um, that produced uh, benefits for African-Americans um, but understanding that, um, and understanding that what it has acknowledged that black communities have suffered, uh, educational losses with, within years, because there are not so many African-Americans or just people of color in this, in this game. Um, but understanding, however, that race and culture plays factors in, in school leadership and understanding and not fully emphasized in traditional educational leadership, um, that's particularly relevant, and given the under underrepresentation of the number of, per, of people of color, particularly African American males, uh, in school administrative roles, I know we were going to talk about um, you know just the discrepancy of, of just the uh, percentages, of uh, the numbers in terms of um, the the lack of, and I think, and I know I I'll say I know African Americans, especially males, only. Um, are two percent of the population of education. That's in within teachers. So if you're looking at that, and if you're looking at just the the the, the low percentage of of African American males in, in education, that's 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 truly disheartening when you look at that. Um, and if you look at it from a a, a global perspective in terms of administrative positions, um, from a state perspective, um, we are only four percent of the population. Um, and if you look at other other um, other demographics, you look at Hispanics, which is twenty two percent of the population of administrators in education, and then you look at, at, at Caucasians. They are sixty percent of the population uh, in in administration. And so, if you just look at these numbers, I mean, you can see that there's just a big um, discrepancy of. Of that, and so when we talked about it the last time, we kind of shared a lot of. We were talking about that that yellow line. Uh, we were talking about just you know we were talking about the correlation between uh, NFL and the you know National Football League and education how it correlates to coaching and how it correlates to um, you know educators, specifically Black educators, and the purpose of just having wanting to have this forum is just to make sure that um, people like myself and people like, you know, Ms. Butler and others that will be joining us, um, you know, later episodes, um, later on in other episodes. And just to give you an opportunity to just kind of talk and just share your perspective on how you feel about education. I know when we look at these things, we're looking at um, students and, we're, we're, you know, a lot of, a lot of districts, they talk about, you know, how are we going to help shape and, and serve um, the um, African-American population because that population in itself, is um, floundering uh, in terms of test scores, in terms of A through G uh, requirements, in terms of just those students that 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 population that isn't doing well academically. And how do we come up with resources to help uh, provide uh, them the necessary opportunities and support they need so that they're they're able to be able to succeed? But then you go back and then you look at the um, the overwhelming number. Of the lack of, um, you know, teachers of color, and then you see that, and then you're like, okay, so you, you want to you, you really want to address that issue, but we don't really want to address the issue of the lack of, um, uh, the lack of diversity within the African American population and other and other other uh, cultural groups as well. And so when we talked about that, it was just it was just something that was very telling. And again, we just want to go back and um, and kind of share that perspective on that as well. So, like, and 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 when you get a chance, if you want, uh, Dr. Butler, go ahead and kind of jump in on that if you see if you hear something.
2: So, it sounds like what we're saying here is there's a possible correlation with the. Um, the lack of leadership when it comes to um, people of color, male, female, obviously, looking specifically, I would even say African American, and then test scores. I mean, test scores and you know high suspensions and things that you've mentioned earlier, and the percentage of, um, I want to say the, the the low percentage of particularly African American African American males in um, education, in particular leadership roles.
0: Perfect. Yeah yeah that's I don't what think, we're yeah,
2: I don't think we do enough of that. I don't think we do enough of that. I mean, I believe um, this has been an ongoing issue obviously um, it's taken decades um, to get the statistics that we obviously see in front of us, and the discussions are just now seeming to start um, in terms of hiring more people of color, as I say and specifically African American males or females but I ask myself often um, if that's if that's the goal. Why is it not happening? It doesn't seem um, to be happening. I still look around, and you have one or two um, in a in a district. Um, you know, particularly at the high school level, you may see a few in elementary, and I do mean a few. You see a few male African American male teachers, um, but you really do not see the number reflected in terms of, um, or even closely proportionate, anywhere proportionate to the students on campuses. So again, I asked myself, what's the problem in terms of our hiring practices as it relates to African-Americans and specifically African-American males?
1: So let me ask you this and and just a quick, and this is some quick question. So I would ask, are there, do you feel that there's some unintended perceptions that we face, and, and, and you know, that society has depicted on us, like say, for instance, like stereotypes, um, uh, especially for African American males, that will that understand, say, for instance, that we that 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 give us that that the reason why we get lost in this in this system is based on some of the un, unintended perceptions, and I'll just give you some of, them. Um, you know, just a lot of stereotyping, stereotyping, um, you know, just putting us, just saying that we're gifted in terms and not just gifted in education, but just gifted in, in terms of just being, being that, that cultural, that cultural person who can come in and kind of deal with some of the things that others might not want to deal with, or it may be, we're, we're gifted, but we're not gifted as educators, but we're gifted on the playing field, on the other field of play. You know what I mean, as is, and I'll give you, and I remember I talked we talked about this earlier when we talked about, you know just my um, my journey into coming into education, as I started as a coach, and as I started as a coach, um, then when I got into administration, I was never viewed as an instructional leader. And so in turn, I came in, there were a lot of stereotypes for me when I came in because you know people didn't think I understood instruction. Or they didn't understand. They didn't think that I understood um, that part of the academic realm because of my experience as a as an athlete and my experience as a coach, but my experience as under as someone who could really put systems in place so that they could benefit, uh, you know, student achievement. Right. So they didn't see me as that type of uh, individual, and I see that there are a lot of. Um, you know, and not just males, but just in terms of just a lot of, you know, just African-Americans in general to where we're not trusted enough to be in that, in that role to where they see us as someone who can move, uh, move a needle if they, in turn, you, do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying?
2: I understand. There's, there's a trust issue here and there's an implicit bias and, okay. um, I, that's, that's my, that's my thinking on this. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the trust issue um, in particular, um, even more so than implicit bias. I think, we, you know, as educators, we're beginning to understand that and there's been some training. But let's let's talk about the trust issue, um, okay? because I think that's real, you know, and it's it's something, as I said, kind of um, pondering, you know, we're, we're pondering um, what is it that you are not trusting about And I guess now now that I'm thinking out loud, you know, your trust kind of goes into that implicit bias, right? And if I don't trust you with the instruction, I don't trust you um, to be able to what? Think uh, that, you know, I don't trust you to be able to be not hostile. I don't trust you to be able to handle situations. um, And often that they won't trust you unless you are dealing with other African-Americans. Um, there is an image sometimes that I believe that whatever particular school site or district wants to portray, um, if they have maybe, we'll call it your, your your token, or if it's someone who they think that maybe the public will see as less um, intense, less, that would be less threatening. You know, there's a look they are looking for when they get an African American male or female in particular. Um, and that's heavy, you know, because that goes into all these things that play out into why, you, if you are hired, there are one or two of you, and you are in a position not to be someone who could possibly think, who could possibly make, you know, um, the instructional decisions that, you know,
1: we need as educators. Yeah. And that, and that, and that, and when you talk about that, and you know, part of my leadership was based on interest convergence, right? And a lot of people don't know what interest convergence is. So, mm-hmm. and, and, I'm, and I'll and I'll tell you, interest convergence is 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 when individuals in power are sometimes, in theory, understanding of policies and exercises that do not oppress and discriminate against others, as long as they, as long as they and those in power do not have to adjust their own ways and systems and statutes and opportunities and experience of life. So in in this sense, just understanding this, interest convergence means that it's the belief that whites will tolerate and advance the interests of people of color only when it promotes the self-interest of themselves. So and I'm, I'm, this is lead, this is research. So I, I know this is heavy and I know this is deep, but I know interest convergence. It was something that when I, when I, when I did my research, it was something that was very um, telling to me because it, it kind of talked to me in terms of my own journey in and, in, and, in, um, in administration uh, just to give you some background in terms of a lot of times I'm always doing um, athletics because I've been an athletic, uh, I've been in athletics and people feel that that's my strong point but sometimes it's very uh, it, it's very discouraging because sometimes I want to put in, be put in positions to where I don't have to be that stereotypical person who's doing that work or they'll put me in discipline right They'll put me in discipline because they you know a lot of mm-hmm. times people say well he's, he looks kind of scary he looks like somebody who who will be able to handle you know the, the demographic of kids that are, are being suspended the most or which are particularly our African-American um, students or special ed students. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm put in these positions. So when I was doing my research and I read that, you know, you know, um, Dr. Bell Brown, um, uh, De- uh, Derek Bell, I'm sorry, Derek Bell, um, one of his things was on interest convergence, which was very, um, uh, it, I mean, it was like an aha moment for me because it gave me an opportunity to really understand that, yeah, people do do that. You know, they put people, and I understand as coaches, we do it too, right? We want to put people, we want to put people based on their strengths in position to succeed, right? Based on their strengths. But at a, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's more of a disadvantage for us because I think it pigeonholes, it pigeonholes us because that's where they'll keep us. Right, we'll never get an opportunity to kind of elevate in a in a position of of um, of leadership because we'll get stuck in that position doing that type of work. And so for me, it, it was something that was very um, you know valuable in in listening to that because it just gave me it gave me an opportunity just to really reflect and say is you know is this is this how my career is going in this in, in this you know, in this game of education, which it is. And so, again, like we talked about last, um, um, last week, because again, I'm I'm going into a new, a new role at another high school and, you know, net, um, you know, tomorrow I'll be sitting on um, head football coaching interviews, you know, and I, and I understand, I get it. It's pretty big because, you know, I was a former head coach and making that decision on who helping, helping to, make that decision on who would be a, you know, who could be a, a good candidate for that position is, again, I mean, why couldn't I be interviewing for an English position or why couldn't I be interviewing for a, um, you know, an AP position over, um, you know, any anything academic, you know what I mean? And so again, it goes back to just being disheart- disheartening because, you know, now I'm, put, I'm being put in a position to where, okay, this is where they see you. And this is how um, you're going to be depicted as that person who's going to be over over these ter- these certain um, these certain areas um, um, these certain areas. So,
2: right. So here's the thing, and it makes it makes it makes sense in in in, in somewhat um, as a leader of a school, um, whether they be um, black, white, brown, or purple, so to speak, to pit individuals um, in, in roles that they see their strengths right yeah but there's also um, the, the good leader um, in my opinion is the person who coaches right the person who gives you an experience unlike a newer experience unlike something that you've had it's about growing and it's about building capacity with the people that you are coaching and there's yeah. no way that a person that has um, or are able to make the decision in terms of putting you over a particular, um, you know, task or role, um, give, you know, give, giving you the responsibilities as they dole out responsibilities. Um, there's no way that they're going to build the capacity within teams if they do not give you something out of even their comfort zone. Let, let, let's talk yeah. about that. Not even, not yours, but theirs. Okay. Yeah. So you might have to do some real coaching coach. You know what I mean? You might have to do some role modeling. You know, there's some things that you need to do as a leader to build capacity within the people on your team. Yeah. yeah, There's another thing that comes to mind, you know, um, what about when we, as people of color, get into those roles? How do we, as we say in the community to reach one, teach one, what are we doing to promote one another? Because I, at this point in my journey, I feel like that's the only way it's going to happen. Um, yeah. this implicit bias and this lack of trust um, I don't think you know um, and, and I don't want to sound pessimistic about it. I, it doesn't seem like it's going to it's going to change much uh, particularly in the arena of education um, anytime soon, right in yeah. of, you know in our lifetime and I know how you change people's um, trust issues and I don't care how much training you, you know, you, you give them. But when you talk about, when you do have your few, what happens there when you have a responsibility to, or you should feel some responsibility to reach one, teach one, to bring and uplift people who look like yourself for all those reasons why we said that it was important, right? Having more um, males, African-American males, having more. People of color will be the majority, and we just we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to grapple with that in education, and that's real. That's statistics. Um, you look at the census bureau, and you look at you know, when I was doing my education, as we say back in the day, minority based. Yes. Uh, go ahead. And,
1: and, and since you're talking about that, and, and this is something that I think you and I have shared before. We, let's let's talk about since you're talking about let's talk about appointments. And in, in, my, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, and I've been in, in, in education and in, in, even in administration, in 13 years of being in administration, I've seen so many appointments, right? But I have never, ever seen an African-American male ever get appointed from a, one position, to a position higher than what he is in. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen an AP get appointed to a principal position as an African-American male or black male get appointed to a principal position to a director position. But all around me, I see i, don't, I see just appointment after appointment after appointment after appointment. And, and I'm talking about people who haven't even been in positions that long. And I'm talking about and, and, and to me, to me, I wonder what I wonder what the, wonder what the uh, rationale would be for people to say like the reason why we're doing this is because what? And my thing is, okay, so why isn't it that you see a good now, because people are where people are always saying we need to hire more African American males. That is the right. that is the key phrase, right? right. We need to hire more African American males in in these roles. But my mm-hmm. thing is, my thing is, what you, there, there are some in, in the educational system that could possibly be really good leaders, but they will never get appointed to a position. They mm-hmm. will always get, you always have to go through the interview process. You have to go through the vetting process. You have to go through that process to where mm-hmm. it has to be, you have to really be the best you can't mm-hmm. be the media. You can't be mediocre at it because there's other right. people that can be mediocre. There's other people that can be mediocre, and they
0: can
1: and they can be mediocre. They don't have to, and they can and they don't and they could have they could have been in previous roles, right? And and could have been and could I mean they they didn't have to be stellar, they just mm-hmm. have to be. And, and this is something that I continue to see in education, in terms of how these appointments are are are, are being. Um, delegated to individuals who and I can't say I, I'm not here to say that they're not ready and I'm not here to say that they're not prepared, but from my from my from my you know from what I'm perceiving, mm-hmm. I see that there are some there are some people out there that are deserving of some of these positions, especially males, but they'll never get an opportunity to get appointed in a position of 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 authority or leadership. Based on the based on some of the stereotypes and some of the fears that some of these leaders, and some of the fears that these um, these um, leaders have, and the stereotypes that they have of um, you know African American men.
2: Well, you know, first I am just going to be honest. I I don't particularly care for appointments because what it does it doesn't give you know you kind of said it it doesn't allow. Um, for the, the the natural process to exist, it, it, it takes away um, the, um, how can I say this, it doesn't give anyone an opportunity to compete for a position, right, so it, it is just, it's totally in the hands of the head person in charge, whoever that may be, deciding what fits, I'll go back to your interest convergence, what fits their bill of interest, uh, what yeah. fits for, for them personally, in terms of they want to see image-wise, um, maybe sometimes friendship-wise. You know, they've got this agenda. It's their, you know, lack of better words. It fits their agenda, and yeah. so um, I guess what we're saying is going back to it. If you say you've never seen an appointment of an African American male, um, it probably doesn't happen much. And if it does, it's going to be a certain area that they may put you in um, as is they see fit. Um, that serves their own purpose, but yeah. you know, there's a real, real fear there. there that that is what it. I, I just, I think it just boils down to um, a fear, a fear. Yeah. Um, I think you know, you know, you know, why would you put somebody in a position? You know, some you think about some people. You know, why? You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a position that possibly you may shine. Yeah, I probably I, <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. It, that's what I'm thinking. You yeah. may shine, and that that takes away from if you're not real big, you're not a real be- as I say a very big person. It may take away from me, yeah. and I think that that I think that that that's really um, what we're talking about in education and a lot of industries.
1: So let me ask you this: what do, what do you think is the greatest barrier? that we face and, and something that we must overcome when pursuing promotional opportunities in education.
2: Are you saying, are you asking the question, what- um, What do you
1: think is the greatest what, barrier for us? What do you what, think the greatest barrier for us? And what is something we must overcome mm-hmm. um, when pursuing you know, prom- promotional opportunities in mm-hmm. education, you know, mm-hmm. because we are who we are. So what do you think are some of the, the greatest barriers that we face?
2: Oh wow. Um, it's a good question. One of the I would say, I don't know if I would say the greatest barriers, but I would, you know, the great the greatest barrier, because um, there's a few, but if, if I was to say um, at my on my top, one or two would be um, one, the fear, one would be the fear, the fear of putting you in a position that you could possibly um, do well at and 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 shine I, I that's what I really think that's what i'm I'm beginning to it, it, i would have said trust, but I think it's more fear. I think it's more fear. i look at I, I don't care whether it's education or any other industry you know um the fear of what may happen in terms of um, you know what that what that means for them
1: yeah. And the thing, and the thing that I see, and I know the last time we um, we, we we talked about this, um, we we talked about. I mean, because I, I made a correlation with the NFL and, and and education, and it was something that I was, you know, I kind of I kinda, I, I kind of do that, and I kind of try to tie that in. Because you know, you, you talk about big business. Education is big business, and, and the NFL is big business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you and for me, I think one of the, the biggest bi- barriers in terms of um, just being able to um, to uh, move in terms of your upward mobility, and I think it's advoc- advocacy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I will also say uh, mentorship, mm-hmm. um, uh, mentoring, and, and and advocating for for. Um, um and, and you and, and almost as it almost seems as if you have to be in that uh, in that network in order to move um upward right and so um and I think when I tried to make that correlation in terms of um how we have one opportunity to do it to do it right, and mm-hmm. if we don't do it right, then that opportunity is gone and it's lost, and you may you may get an opportunity to get placed back into. In, in a position but you'll never get put back into a position to where you're you're the one who has to be you're the one who's leading and and facilitating how um things will be um established in in, in your in your corporation right and so mm-hmm. the thing is the thing that the the thing that um i think again like i said the biggest barrier is mm-hmm. is just not being able to have um I um a network of, okay. um, of educators that may not, and because you talked about it, you said we don't really advocate for each other. Um, yeah. A lot of times what happens is, um, and I feel a lot of times, and it, it, it's not just in education, it's, mm-hmm. it could be in other, other uh, professions as well, is a lot of times we don't like to see each other um, succeed. You know what I mean, and 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 we don't. And a lot of times, I, I think that we don't want. You're not gonna pass me. That's what's not gonna happen. You know what I mean. You're not gonna pass me. I mean, you can be on the under me, or mm-hmm. on the side of me, but you're not gonna pass me. And and I think mm-hmm. um, what I mean by that is that I think the biggest barrier that we face a lot of times is us, um, and, and it's us mm-hmm. and it's um, you know and. A, and a, and it's us being able to help support each other. Um, just to give you a, just to give you a small, um, uh, I'm gonna give you a. Um, I remember I reached out to a um, assistant superintendent. Um, you know, just trying to understand how he got there. He's a black man. I just want to know how he got there. Yeah, you know I mean, how can you help and support? And I, you know, and it and it takes a lot of humbling to put yourself in a situation to where you're reaching out to people trying to get that mentorship so that you can, so that you can build your own capacity and so that you can be, uh, you know, even a better, better educator and, and helping, mm-hmm. helping guide yourself. And um, I never even got a response back.
0: Wow.
1: Um, and, and it was just one of those things where I, it was like, wow, man, you're, you're already in a role where you're doing the work and you got there. And mm-hmm. my thing was, I, I, I let me take that back. Let me take that back he He stated that because of the pandemic, it would be too hard. I understood that, but the mm-hmm. pandemic has been over for about six or seven months now,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um I still haven't gotten a um uh hey uh, i you know hey, how are you you know i know we mm-hmm. haven't you know just and and that, and that in that sense to me. It, again, it, it was very disheartening to to see that and to and to see that that type of um, of behavior happens in our in our um, field. And mm-hmm. based on based on because we have such a small um, a small group of mm-hmm. us doing this work, and mm-hmm. it, it's just kind of it, it just kind of um, puts you in a in a in a in a space to where why is it that we we aren't trying to help each other elevate. In, the, in these in these roles, so that we can see more of us, and it's just it's just interesting.
2: Well, I mean, as I'm listening to what you're saying, um, as yeah. a barrier, and what my response, they kind of are one and the same. When I go back to fear, it, yeah. it, it, it it What we're saying basically is it crosses all racial, you know, lines, right? Yeah. Um. Someone who is a non-colored person, fear of maybe them um, again, in own, you know, uh, our own, not within our own race. Um, again, yeah. like you say, you know, they, you know I may not want to do that because you, you know, you may, you may be competing, uh, against me. And yeah. so that's where I get back to, as I said, fear and character, I guess, you know, um, I I always feel like there's enough room at the top. The more, the better. It will just strengthen the organization, um, yeah. collaboration, shared leadership. All these things that yeah. we know as educators make a system work. Yeah, it, it's, it's very broken. It's very and, broken, and that has to do with just you know personalities and character. Go ahead.
1: And even as a coach, I mean, I kind of I kind of had the same experience. And when I was coaching, um. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to, um, my, my goal was to become a college coach. Right. And so mm-hmm. there were coaches that were already in that, um, you know, area that I play with and,
2: you know, so, where yeah. I,
1: um, they were college, uh, that I play with. And some guys that, um, were already had not, you know, put themselves in position to, um, you know, um, at division one schools and they, you know, they would ask me like, Hey, what do you want? What are your next steps? What do you want to do? Right. And I, my thing would be like, hey, I would like an opportunity, I mean, to be like a grad assistant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can you kind of help, you know, kind of mentor me to get there again? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of those things where, you know, it wasn't it wasn't very like, man, I'm going I'm to take care of you. I'm going to hook you up. Right. You know what I mean, I want to make sure, you know, you're doing some good work. And, you know, it was just one of those things where I didn't even get an opportunity. I mean, we just didn't we just didn't put ourselves. I wasn't able to get that support from my fellow. Um,
0: you know, peers.
1: Code, my peers to you know help put ourselves i mean and a lot and I'm not saying that 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 doesn't happen because it really does, yeah, you know, I, I just think you got to put yourself in a network to where you know or in a um in a you know in a in a, in a group to where they're they're doing that with each other, and it's mm-hmm. all about probably being but you know I'm not sure and I, and I think that's why I'm kind of correlating that that because it it kind of goes hand in hand that we don't really support and help each other that much. You know mm-hmm. I mean especially especially from a, um, a male perspective and you know men we don't really do a good job of 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 helping guide and support each other and, and leadership mm-hmm. so
2: yeah, I agree I agree
1: Yeah. you know so, you had
2: asked earlier about how I was going to say this you would ask about what did I think was the barriers and how do we overcome the barriers and so that's that's interesting um, would be an interesting, even more deeper, a deeper topic of how do you un- overcome something like that? If someone yeah. is in fear, if someone is in a, in in fear of you, right? Yeah. Whether whether they're not they're they're a person that is not of color or a person of color or someone who looks like you, how do you overcome that? What do you do when it's about not necessarily you, but something yeah. that that that's them, you know? And that's that's something you know some of us find ourselves um, sacrificing um, who we really are, you know, to be able to get positions, um, not being able to speak our truths, you know, Uh, there's all kinds of things that I think as a person of color that you have to experience and know going into it because you realize that um, there is a, as we call it, um, as, well, not we call it, but as they call it, a double consciousness, right? There, yeah. You, you, you are, have to be doubly conscious of who you are. If you're, if you're an African-American female, you're an African-American male, you're a person of color. And as you try to um, elevate and promote yeah. how people are going to perceive you and how you are gonna come across. And, yeah. and, it, and that's, that's just something that, that double consciousness is real.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, because a lot of times, even, you know, I really, you know, when I walk out of my house, I really have to really, you know, it's almost as if you, 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 um, you, you're um, what do they call you have when you're you're one when you walk out of your house, you're one way, and mm-hmm. and it's almost a code switching, right? And when we talk about oh, code switching, how we how we have to um how to how we have to be perceived when we walk mm-hmm. into our into our profession, right? Because absolutely. you want people to perceive you as someone who's, um, highly professional, um, Absolutely. you know, highly professional. And sometimes you have to, um, you, you know, you have to, you know, you have to dress the, dress the Absolutely. immaculately so that these, you know, so that folks don't think that, um, you, you aren't. Um, and then sometimes when you, you dress too professionally, then they think, uh, you know, then there's something, it, there's something yeah. else that we yeah. have to deal with. Because they're, they're thinking, you know, then they're they're thinking, oh, now who does this person really think he is, right? So it's almost, it's almost as if you're in a lose-lose um, because you're trying to put yourself in a position to where people, because we have to go above and beyond mm-hmm. so that people understand how we want to be perceived as mm-hmm. someone who is highly educated, someone who is highly, um, you know, c- c- uh you know, can articulate things, who could come in and, and really be perceived as that person who can, you know, help, um, you know, guide the system and help support the system. But there's so many things that we have to jump through in order for people to really take us, um, for who we really are, because then people start judging us for who we are. Right. And my thing is, my thing is, um, it's unfortunate that I mean, people judge generally, but I didn't, um, I I just didn't believe the um, amount of, um, I would say, um, um, stereotypical nonsense that we get in the uh, educational system. And it's just, it's one of those, and I think sometimes it's one of those things that keeps us from moving forward in our profession um, I was told once, and I, and I think I shared this with you, you know, just trying to interview and going through the interview process. Um, and because I talk low, and I don't talk loud,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: because I try and I do that. I do that purposely. I try not mm-hmm. to talk loud, because I don't want to be seen as someone who's aggressive. Um, I don't want to be seen as someone who is, you know, because the stereotype is black men are aggressive and, so, you right. know, some, you know, you know, you know, when they look and they look at, yeah, they look at you, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. I was at, yesterday I was at a function with my family and, you know, this, this young man, you know, he was like, oh, so you're, you're a principal. I was like, no, I'm an assistant principal. And he was like, um, yeah, you look, you look scary.
0: Oh and I'm goodness. like,
1: He's like, yeah, you look scary. And I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? But again, because, you know, my frame, because of my frame, you know what I mean? Because, you know, athletic. But again, those are some of the things that we have to deal with, some of the microaggressions that we have to deal with as educators. And so again, another one was because I talk soft and because I talk low and I try not, and and, um, one of my colleagues and someone who, um, no, not my colleague, my superior told me, I need to talk, I need to talk louder because it sounds like I'm trying to ask somebody on a date. And I said, What? I said, what is this? I'm I'm how does that how does that even sound even professional that I'm I, I sound like I'm asking somebody to go on a date when I interview right. because I talk low. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm soft spoken, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it just it just kind of <laughs> it kind of put me in a space to where like, this is, I mean, this is, I guess this is how people perceive you. You know what I mean? When you walk into an interview process, you know what I mean? And you're trying to um, kind of articulate the, the, you know, you know, some of the, some of the answers to the questions that are being asked, but because you're not, you know, I mean, I, I I don't, so it's kind of confusing how they want you to uh, be, and, and like you said, and like you said it, it just depends on what they're looking for as well too so
2: well you know you, 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 as I say you damn if you do you damn if you don't you yeah know, you're, you' you you're loud you're aggressive if you're soft yeah. you're sexual um, yeah. that and then that is real talk there that's that's not you know yeah. that's not um something that um they said just something off the top of my head that's real. Um, that threat is always there. Um, it's unfortunate that that person would say that to you, uh, yeah. because again, it makes it your problem and not theirs. And that yeah. is not your problem; that is their problem. But they yeah. rather project that onto you, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, and so you know, it's 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 about like you say, you know, how you talk. Um, oh well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to come across as professionals, and I don't want to come, come across as um, um, aggressive. So I'm gonna talk lower, or you know, I'm gonna wear a particular, you know, um, you know, make sure I dress up for, for the position and not down, right? Because I yeah. want to come across again professional. But you can't dress too nicely, and you can't yeah. drive something too nice because that's a problem too. Yeah. That is a problem. That's a real problem, and I've been told things like that. Now, how can you work at a certain school and you're wearing, dry? you know, again, your problem, not mine. Yeah. But it becomes our problem when it is a barrier for us, you know, promoting.
0: Yeah. So and that's it.
2: that constant double consciousness that we have to be aware of when we're doing anything. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. You know, you're right. And it's, again, it's just that double consciousness how we have to, what we have to think about and think about it and think about it at this point, like looking at, um, you know, just in terms of of um, why we, why we have such a low number of um, people of color in, in education, right? And again, it, it starts back in early adolescence, right? And it, in your connection to teachers, your connections to your connection to mentors, People who uh, take a um, take a uh, a real um, uh, real opportunity to see you for who you are and see you for I mean because think about it I mean if you look at if you look at um, you know that if you look at data and you look at the suspension rates and expulsion rates who who among are the most getting suspended right and you'll see that that's people of color right. And then you look right. at the system, then you look at the systemic fail, failure. And when you look at systemic failure, you're looking at the inequitable um, schooling experiences for people of color. Um, um, I mean, under you know, understanding the challenges that we face and and, and how we encounter those negative um, experiences throughout our educational experience that that mm-hmm. really um, give that really um, put us in a, in a, in a mind frame to where we really don't want to put ourselves in a position to get an education because what for? I have, I had a terrible experience in education. Why do I want to go and be an educator when these damn educators at some point, some of them didn't even like, me? you know what I mean? So I'm gonna try to go into something else. Right. And then you look at the, um, you look at the, um, the, the, um, the financial aspect of, of being an educator as well. You know, you know, these kids looking at education. They're not looking at getting into education because they see money in it. There ain't a lot of money in education, right? Unless you become an administrator or, or something like that. Right. And so, you know, they 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 need to see what the value is, right? And I don't think we're doing a really good job of of, of showing them where the value of education is, right? Also looking at um, the um, you know the um, the lack of, um, you know, even mentor mentors. Um, how do we identify who's really, who could really be a good educator? Um, attracting them. How do we recruit them? Um, you know, mm-hmm. se- selecting those who are aspiring to do this work, um, mm-hmm. and making sure that they're getting the support they need so that they they can succeed, right? And again, um, just looking at the lack of, Amer- of African I mean, people of color who who are role models, right? Who are role models who can help and support us and guide us through this process. I know a lot of times um, you know when you get in districts you might have your you know you might have your leadership groups. And so how powerful are these leadership groups and how power, and how are they how are they um, um, how are they advocating to the boards and to the um, the other community um, uh, affiliates to say, look, this is what we need. Um, you, you'll see a lot of districts that this, you know, and, I, and I've had conversations with, um, with, with other, uh, you know, administrators, and, you know, they say, and they'll say, well, as long as we're, we're sub- as long as we match the demographic, then we're doing our job, right? And I'm like, wow. So as long as you're matching a different so if you're 6%, if you have a percentage of 6% of your population and you have a 6%, so you feel that that's, that's, that's acceptable. And so, for a lot of people, that's acceptable because they're 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 matching the demographic. But again, like I said, those are a lot. Of, those could be a lot of the barriers. And when when we when we talk on our next on our next um, episode, we're going to go in. And I really want to go into uh, further detail in terms of the barriers because I think that that you could talk about that for um, hours. And I think that that's something we need to go uh, go deeper into, so that we mm-hmm. could um, so that we could um, Get a better foundation of um of um what we're, what we're trying to achieve um with our um with our uh message to educators and, I, and what i like about this forum is that, you know, sometimes you know people again we have we, and we didn't talk about it today we talked about it on our last um, episode as we talked about on um, that, that yellow line and we didn't really discuss that yellow line today but there's something that i really want to share um and again on the next uh opportunity when we talk about that yellow line, because that yellow line is is very important. That people don't cross it, because you know they. I mean, this is how they feed their families.
2: Barriers, yellow line. Um, yeah. Another thing that is also uh, rules being different.
1: Yeah, rules not applying to other. Yeah, that that's something that's very important. Uh, rules rules the rules are different for us than they are for. But that's in life too, right? I mean, I think that if you look at everything that's going around. And if you, if you look at the, judi- looking at the judicial system as well, and you look at how things are set up for us there, I mean, everything, I mean, it's different for people of color everything is a lot different. We know that, right? And that's something that um, that um, is evident throughout the world. And, you know, but where it kind of affects us the most is because we're in a system to where we, we see it every day on how, um, Things are just so, so the rules are so much different for us. And I would really like to see, I mean, and I don't know if they have data on this, like to see how many at the end of the, um, how many people, when it comes to that March 15th deadline that are, that either get a, um, put back into the classroom or a, or an opportunity to, um, put back into the class who are forced out of their positions because they feel that, um, they're not doing uh, a good enough job. So I think that will be something very, um, very telltale when we talk about on the next um, episode is talking about barriers, talking about opportunities for uh, other nationalities and that yellow line. I agree. Sounds good. Again, this is Dr. Rice and Dr. Butler. I want to thank you guys for joining us in for this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Hope you guys join us for just a lot of conversation in regards to education, education about the color of leadership. Thank you guys for joining us and you guys have a blessed day.
0: This is the color of leadership with Dr. Anthony Rice.